Welcome to Master the Pause with Marion Moss. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Hello, and welcome to Master the Pause where the way to expand your consciousness is through the control of your inhalation and exhalation. In these podcasts, my guests use breath consciousness as a way to work with their own health or with their clients and patients. The experiences of the use of the breath are broad and life-changing. And today I would like to welcome Michelle Hebert, a master yogi and educator and meditation teacher, award-winning author and speaker who has devoted her life to living and teaching consciousness-based practices for personal and professional transformation. She was personally trained by Raja Yoga Master Walt Baptiste, who instilled in her the philosophy from a sound base upward, which I'd like you to explain also. And she has studied extensively with Swami Veda Bharati of Rishikesh, India, and H.H. the Dalai Lama. Before media represent, former me, media representative for the American Council on Exercise in the area of mind-body integration, Michelle pioneered the principles of yoga and meditation within the health and fitness industry. These principles can be found in her multi-award winning book, The Tenth Door, A Yoga Adventure. During her 35 years of international teaching experience, she developed yoga meditation programs and consulted with international spas in Egypt, Sweden, Guam, as well as the US and the Chopra Center, the Esalon Institute, University of California in San Diego, Kripalu and Scripps Institute. She's been associated with Rancho La Puerta and the Golden Door since 1987 and as a teacher and a guest presenter. Currently, Michelle is the creator of the blog, Spiritually Speaking, and leads a popular Zoom course entitled Meditation and the Inner Practices of Yoga. Michelle's mission is to inspire others to reflect deeply and make a conscious decision to grow and live from her highest ideals. Namaste, Michelle. Namaste, Thank you for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Always. So nice. To have you here, and I want to mention uh, just—I'll mention it a couple times. Uh, the website is rajayogis.net for course information, and the book is the Tenth Door. So, and also uh, her lovely husband, and I know them both very well. Very sweet and lovely people, genuinely uh, present and giving and and loving. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to know you. So her her husband also uh, was it? Uh, what did he do? He he edited the book uh, by Swami ba- uh, Bharati, Swami Veda Bharati, Wholehearted Applied Spirituality for Everyday Life. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that book is available on Amazon, which we will mention again later. Yes. Well, he didn't actually edit the book. He oh. would sort of put the whole thing together. And oh, okay. another one of Swami Veda's students actually did the editing. So I see. Okay. Well, he had a big piece in it and we love him for it. Yes. He did. <laughs> yes. yes. Michelle, 
you have so much experience. Where did all this begin for you? And breathing and yoga and your self-conscious awareness and you have a broad background. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it started when I was very, very young. Um, my father played with the Cleveland Orchestra. He was the flute and piccolo player, actually, for 41 years. And I remember when I was really little, I used to say, when can I start learning the flute? When will you teach me? And my dad would say, when you're nine, because he felt that um, a child needed to develop um, until the age of nine before they, he took them on as students. So I waited and I waited and then finally I turned nine and I got to have my first flute lesson. And my dad gave me a flute for my ninth birthday. And I went into his studio because he taught, you know, students at the house, kids. And he had me lie down and he didn't have me open my flute case yet. And I kept wanting to, and he said, no, no. (laughs) He had me lie down and he got a Webster's dictionary, one of those really fat ones. And he put it on my diaphragm. And he started teaching me to breathe from my diaphragm so that I would lift the dictionary up and down using my breathing. And, uh, well, that that was all very well and good, but I wanted to play the flute. (laughs) And he said, no, no. He said, first, you must learn how to breathe because breath is the foundation of a wind instrument. And he did that with all the kids that came to study with him. And so that was my first pranayama session. As you know, in yoga, the, um, the science of life force is, um, has a series of breathing practices that one does to learn how to draw more life force into the system. Right. And so that was my first pranayama session. He didn't know it was a pranayama session and I didn't know it was a pranayama session. But years later, when I moved into my 20s, and met my teacher, Walt Baptiste, and started learning these breathing practices, I realized that my flute background was really a training for me. And in a natural way, it connected, dots were connected that led me into breathing um, for levels of of, uh, consciousness, for expansion of consciousness. That was brilliant. I just love that story. How many children are out there wanting to learn how to play an instrument and can't quite get the rhythm of it until they understand inhaling and exhaling. Mm -hmm. Until they understand the breath. And, you know, I love um, you use the term expansion of consciousness when you're referring to the, the pause for the expansion of consciousness. A lot of people, and I used to use the term higher levels of consciousness, but as Swami Veda has taught us, there aren't different levels of consciousness. There's only one consciousness and we expand and grow in consciousness rather than thinking of it on a step-by-step kind of a, experience. So I wanted to mention that to you, because I think that's a real mm-hmm. important. Yeah, there, there, there seem to be like reawakening and reawakening and just, you know, there's broader places to, uh, to discover and, and explore. Mm-hmm. And every day is different. Every day is different. 
Every day is different. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is to think that they're the same person that wakes up every morning, you know, because we're very complex and we have a lot of different sides and the mind is, you know, so many different aspects of mind. And so at any rate, yeah, that's how I began. I'd love, would you like to add anything else to that story? Oh, I think that's, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Perhaps I should rephrase. Uh, what was the next step after that? How did you grow into the yogic consciousness? Well, that came after I met my teacher, um, Walt Baptiste. And Walt Magana Baptiste really were pioneers in the United States in health. Magana was his wife. Yes, Magana yes. was his wife mm-hmm. and a great dancer. And um, they really um, opened up a lot of uh, metaphysical kind of thinking back in the 40s and the 50s. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and I was inspired by him. He, he really believed that breath was the foundation of everything. So, of course, we know that breath is, you know, life for the body. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's where the idea of a, um, a sound foundation um, from a sound base upward uh, that you referred to. Yes, earlier yes, yes. Uh-huh. In my bio, the sound base is that, you know, we, we're healthy. We, we take care of our physical body. We're firmly grounded. And then from there, once we have that aspect, then we can make higher climbs. Mm. I remember he used to say, you know, if you take a hothouse orchid that's been very carefully nurtured and wasn't exposed to elements, and you take that little orchid, that delicate orchid, and then put it in the middle of Times Square for 24 hours, <laughs> that orchid's not going to make it. Mm. And in the same way, um, if we take, you know, oftentimes people who really um, are very internal in their spiritual development, but leave the, the physical out and the idea that we're part of the world, then you can think of, I think we've all experienced like the wooey wooey that's not grounded. You know, people tend to be floating around. So the idea of being balanced on all aspect of ourselves, firmly grounded, mm-hmm. and then we can, with balance, experience um, higher, higher places within ourself, that expansion of consciousness, right, in, in a balanced, grounded way. Yeah, yeah. you have, uh, you have, you have more to tell us about just that. Maybe you would like to just share whatever you'd like about that particular phase of expansion and what you've studied and what caught your interest the most and where was the place where you most uh, found the biggest change in yourself? Well, you know, part of my training uh, was in the jungles of El Salvador uh, during the revolution where I spent almost four years in solitude. And I got down there because the Baptists had bought some property there. Magana Baptiste was actually from El Salvador. She was born there. 
uh, though it spent most of her time in the United States, but they were looking around the world for a place that would be a nice retreat for their students. And they wanted it to be on the ocean. And they decided on El Salvador for many reasons. And so they built a beautiful retreat there. I mean, it was just paradise. And I ended up um, being down there as the manager because as it was being built, there had to be somebody on property to help direct the workers and oversee things and pay them and that kind of thing. So through a series of unusual events, it was, I ended up being the person to do that. And it was particularly challenging because I didn't speak any Spanish. There were no phones. Uh, there was a, you know, a town eight miles away that I'd have to like put my things on my head and cross a stream, swim across a stream to get to the town. So mm. it was very remote. And during that period, Walt Baptiste had me do uh, definite practices. Like I just wasn't given free reign. For example, the first time he left me alone in El Salvador, he said, I'll be back in three months and I'd like you to learn how to hold these yoga poses. And he gave me a piece of paper with 10 yoga poses he had written down. And he said, and I want you to learn how to hold them for one hour. And I thought, oh my gosh, 10 poses for one hour. And then I realized he wanted me to hold them each for one hour each. And then he left and said, I'll be back in three months. So I had, um, I was sort of blown away. I didn't know how I was gonna do that, but I decided I was going to do it. And because the teacher suggested that that would be the next step for me, and I set aside a schedule of several hours a day. I'd have two hours in the morning. And then before lunch, I'd do another hour and a half. And then I'd do chores. And then in the afternoon and then in the evening again. And I had a timer, a clock. So I would begin to hold, set, let's say, the bridge pose. The bridge pose, most people know as um, it's a, oh. pardon me? but it's a back yeah, more a back bend you're in by your hips and you breathe in and lift your hips up yeah um towards the sky and um i started off that one off with about maybe 10 minutes and then i went on to 15 minutes and then 20 minutes and little by little i was able to do it and it really didn't have anything to do with the strength of the physical body because just like with weights you know, you start off with three pounds and then you go to four pounds and then you can add another pound. So it was like that, you know, the body strengthens, but the challenge was my mind, mm. you know, to be in a position and watch your mind and watch the tricks that your mind plays. Um, like you have, I had these great ideas. I was going to do it for 20 minutes. And then after about five minutes, I could see my mind talking myself out of it well, why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. This hurts. Uh, it was self-sabotage, you know, but I managed to push through it. Three months went by and I didn't get all of them, which was probably a good thing for my ego. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I have to say, I, I did the practice to, to the best of my ability. And, um, 
And then when I came, when he came back and um, he said to me, you really, I thought there was no congratulations at all. He said, you really shouldn't have to hold a pose for an hour. You should be able to get to the same place in three minutes that's now taking you an hour. And, um, and then he went on to, a, before he left again, I got another practice, which was more of a Buddhist practice of just focusing on breathing in and breathing out. Mm-hmm. So it was quite an experience, that period of four years in El Salvador, I'll tell you, I'll give you a little glimpse. Yeah. I wrote about it and my, that's what my book is about. My book is about my, my unusual yoga training in the jungles of El Salvador during the revolution. Somebody should make a movie from that. You know, I've thought that too. Right? I definitely yeah. think that would be a great yeah. movie. I think that would make he, a great movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I played around for a while who the actress would be, but uh, mm. we'll see. You yeah. never know what's around the corner. Yeah. So your, um, your experience with breathing is, um, is also unique. Do you have a system that you use or do you just go by something as it comes along? What, what's your method? I mean, personally for my own yeah, practice. And, yeah, for your own practice or what you teach uh, so that we can get us a, a, a glimpse into that. Yeah. Well, when I first arrived at the Baptiste Center in San Francisco, they had a gym. And um, Walt Baptiste actually was, besides being a very um, accomplished yogi, he also had been a former Mr. America and one of the fathers of bodybuilding in the United States. And I've heard it said that one of his great um, experiences of spiritual opening occurred as a result of the, um, the breathing he was doing in the gym. And he developed a breath protocol for his spiritual students uh, to help them expand their breathing apparatus. Why expand your breathing apparatus? Well, the more room you have to breathe, the more energy and vitality you bring into the system. And even more important for the spiritual student and the meditator is that you develop more control over the breath. So we have the gross physical breath that we use when we hike and we run or we lift weights, but we also have a subtle breath. So it's that kind of breath that when you're lying down and you're extremely relaxed, it seems like your breath almost stops. It doesn't really stop because inside yourself, you can feel an inner flow that's keeping you alive. But to the outer observer, they would say, you you don't look like you're breathing. It's that subtle breath, which I call the breath of the breath that we use to move inside in meditation. So we have the outer breath and in the gym, I, was, I, I wanted to just mention this, is that it's not just about pushing weight up and down. In fact, it's not even about the amount of weight that you use, but it's the idea of the breath is moving the weights. Mm. So in other words, if you were going to do a, um, 
a fly where you breathe in and bring your arms to either side. The idea is, is to take a breath in that's so deep that the intercostal muscles in between the ribs expand. And in doing that, each time you do that, you open up those muscles a little bit more and increase your breath capacity. Well, so, would you be willing to uh, guide us through uh, one of your uh, breathing meditations? This oh, would be I a good time to do that. To do that. Yeah. Using the subtle aspect of breath. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Our, well, you know, that's our this, best. Right. I was just giving you an example of what we would do in the gym mm -hmm. in order to increase the breathing apparatus and right. how much breath we can get in. For the ultimate purpose of having enough breath control that we can find that inner breath that moves us inside to our innermost center of being. And I just want to mention that Swami Veda in, in his book, uh, Wholehearted, which you can get on Amazon, a really important book, I think, is he says that there's a part of you that is always in meditation. There's a part of you that's always meditating. And what we want to do is begin, be, become focused enough to be able to relax the physical and move into that place that's always meditating. Mm. And that place is consciousness. It's pure awareness. So I would be happy to do that. I would love it. Okay. Let me just tell the listeners that if they're driving or uh, operating any machinery would be really good time to put us on pause and come back when you are in a safe place and you can join us for uh, the next uh, closing of, of, of uh, finding out how to go into subtler breaths with Michelle. So thank you, Michelle. All right. So this will just be five minutes or so. Okay. All right. So let's begin by making sure that you're sitting, you can sit in a chair or if you're, you prefer to sit on the floor, please feel free to do that. But the idea is, is, to have a straight spine, an erect spine. Gently close the eyes. And you can have the palms either down or in the yogic tradition, the palms are up with the thumb and forefinger joined. Feel a beautiful flow of breath through the nostrils, left and right. Make the duration of the in-breath equal to the duration of the out-breath. So an easy flow. In between the in-breath and the out-breath, there is a space. Eliminate the space so the transitions are seamless and the in-breath glides into the out-breath and the out-breath glides into the in-breath. 
And then finally, we'll add a sacred word. So either peace, harmony, well-being, or the Sanskrit mantra, so hum, which means I am that. Ride the words in on the in-breath and out on the out-breath. And as the mind calms down, gazing deeply within, into that sense of spaciousness. And finally, in meditation, surrendering Surrendering to the divine or to something greater than ourselves. And then take a beautiful breath in. So as you breathe in now, we're gonna to begin to bring the energies out. So breathing in, feeling the lungs expanding evenly and equally. And then as you release the breath, think of letting go to be well on all levels. And another breath. and releasing, letting go to this perfect moment now. And then when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. I'm feeling quite internalized at the moment. And I, I definitely want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for this lovely time together. Oh, I love it. it is. I loved it. It's always wonderful to connect with you. Thank you. Well, I want to tell our listeners again how to find you. And uh, I just want to remind you that uh, this is Michelle Hebert and uh, she's at www.rajayogis.net. That's spelled R-A-J-A-Y-O-G-I-S.net. And her book is The 10th Door. And if you want to know more about how to learn uh, Michelle's and Mayrod's, her husband's, um, uh, they're, they're co-leaders in the, in the uh, programs. So if you want to find out more how to meditate and breathe deeper, and more quietly and find more peace in your life, 
I would like to invite you to look them up. And thank you again, Michelle. So I want to just let people know how to subscribe to Master the Pause and stay inspired as you find your breath. Twice a month, you'll be notified of new inspirations from my guests. Leave your comments and ratings, as well as what you've learned. We'd love to know that too. Thanks for joining us today and all the best for your peace of mind. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you. 